This is Evgeny Malkin and you are listening to Mark Madden on 1059 X. Gino recorded that soundbite last night when he was cruising past the Philadelphia Flyers on route to that spectacular goal that made it 3-0. My guest right now is a renowned comedian who hails from right here in Pittsburgh. He has a great hockey podcast, the Puck Off Podcast. In studio, it's Joe Bartnick. Joe, welcome. And last night against Philadelphia, game one, boy, it could not have gone any better, could it? Absolutely fantastic. So much fun. Rusty took the pressure off instantly, and then Muzz made the big save, and we're off to the races. It was just butter the whole game. Well, you're right about Rusty scored that early goal. It was good to get up right away because it reminded uh, the fans and the Penguins of who they are, and it reminded the Flyers who they are as well. There is a great disparity between these teams, but sometimes in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that doesn't count for much. No, and especially against the Flyers, it always seems like no matter what, the teams are going to play their guts out against each other. No no question, because like we were just talking about off the air, if you lose to the other team, if you're part of this rivalry, you have to live with it. Then again, I think they're used to living with it. It certainly looked that way when they fell behind by one, two, three, four, and eventually five, six, and seven. And I'm trying to stay realistic after that game, Joe, because seven nothing is still only one win, and you got to win three more. But it's the Flyers, so it's tough not to overreact and have a little fun at their expense. Correct? Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you saw like the Masters leaderboard or the Western Pennsylvania leaderboard. Giroux is leading in the clubhouse at minus four. <laughs> That's not bad. No, it's not going to make the cut at plus five. Uh, you know, it was. It's just it's the Flyers. So you just you just enjoy every win because. I always say, if ISIS had a hockey team, I'd root for them to beat the Flyers. Yeah, no kidding. My my two favorite teams are the Penguins and whoever is playing the Flyers. And, and and you're a Pittsburgh guy, so you're kind of born into that, right? I mean, I've literally hated the Flyers since I was a preteen. When I was a real young kid, the St. Louis Blues were actually the Penguins' bigger rival. I'm talking about when I'm 9, 10 years old. But when the Flyers did that Broad Street bully stuff, that's when they became the rival because they just – beat on us and embarrassed us and then did it again. Uh, that's why last night at 7 nothing, I wanted more. I'd have gone for two, Joe, after the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I became a Penguins fan in the 70s with, with my grandfather when they still wore, wore blue, and that is when you get the flyer hatred because that was the Broad Street Bullies. They'd beat us on the scoreboard. They'd beat us up, and that's why that hatred is never going to go away because I remember those days. And we can't win enough. And I think that's the beauty of sitting Gino is, I don't know if they hate him as much as me and you do, but they dislike them a ton. Oh, no question. No question. Uh, Sid said to me this year, I don't hate them as much as you do. But but last night he he offered some uh, some contrary evidence, Joe, because I've never scored three against Philadelphia. <laughs> and, and Sid has. And, uh, you, you know, uh, some of Sid's critics – from Philadelphia, we're online today saying, well, he scored the fifth, sixth, and seventh goals in a 7 not to win. That's the beauty part of it. He just kept sticking it down their throat again and again and again. Uh, I want to talk about that Geno goal for a second because you've been watching Penguins hockey, like you said, since the 70s. Where does that Geno goal rank in terms of being legendary? I think the Lemieux goal was better in 91 against Minnesota, but that might be it. Yes, I think this just the stakes were a little higher because it was game two of a final. Right. Uh, other than that, I mean, it may be dead even <laughs> as far as, you know, I mean, Lemieux beat two guys right on. Uh, Gino beat three. Yeah, but, but Lemieux went right down the middle too, which yeah. is a bit tougher. He deked the goalie. Then again, that Gino backhand was just sizzling. Like you said, Lemieux's goal 
was in a Stanley Cup final, but Geno's goal was against the Flyers. So so when you when you add everything up, it uh, I'd still give the Lemieux goal the nod, but uh, it, it's not far from a dead heat. Yeah, I mean, I only have one kid, but I think it'd be picking between a her and another one. A, 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 <laughs> well, a Gino goal and a Lemieux goal. I mean, they're my two favorite things. How would you try to stop Sin Gino? If you're uh, the Flyers coach, Dave Hackstall, or, or any opposing coach, I always say that's the Penguins' biggest edge. Whenever we start the playoffs, Joe, I sit here and I analyze. I talk about line matchups and defense pairings and, and advanced metrics. But the simplest thing to say is, okay, Pittsburgh has Sid and Gino and the other team doesn't, and I don't know how they make up that advantage. It's almost like what Robert Plant says, crying won't help you and praying won't do you no good. No question. I mean, when Sid and Gino are on fire as they are and clicking, how can you stop them? Unless you have, you know, Iserman and Fedorov, or you have, you know. Well, you know, with all due respect to Iserman and Fedorov, and I was a big fan, yeah. I don't think they compare. The only one-two punch maybe in history that compares with uh, Sid and uh, Gino, well, one is Lemieux and Yager, which shows how lucky we've been in Pittsburgh, and I suppose Gretzky and Messier. And those Canadian teams... Back when, when they won like four or five cups in a row, they had like one, two, three, four punches. I mean, they, <laughs> that, that was a little different back then. But but really, only Lemieux and Yager and Gretzky and Messier, I would say. Absolutely. And I think that's the, you know, we debate, everyone debates it. Do you keep, uh, you know, Phil and Gino? you split Phil and Gino? I think the fact that, you know, really the third line, I thought Broussard played great. But, you know, Phil wasn't on his best, I didn't think. Phil was a bit sloppy. So was Sherry. Yes, exactly. So I think, wait till those guys get going. And they will, no question about that, especially Phil. Um, getting back to the Sin Gino thing, Joe, my experience is other teams try to con themselves into thinking their two guys are as good as Sin Gino. Like, they're two top guys. Like, like Philly with Drew and Voracek. And Philly used to really think that with Carter and Richards, too. I remember when they had Jeff Carter and Mike Richards, one of the Philly stooges in the media wrote, well, now we have our Crosby and Malkin. And I said to him in the press box, are you out of your mind? That's not even close. Well, there's actually people on the national, like TSN and Sportsnet in Canada, that were saying, you know, that Flyers might have the best player in this series the way Giroux's going. I'm like, are you kidding me? Giroux's claim to fame is he was a healthy scratch when Sid won the gold medal. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Yeah, I, I, Giroux had 102 points, and I try to respect him. Then again, the dumbass yesterday at the morning skate says would like to stop their little streak. Yeah. Like like two Stanley Cups know is a little streak. I admit compared to 42 years without a Stanley Cup, it is a little streak, but 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 I I just don't like or respect Giroux. And there's a difference there, Joe, I can respect. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was a kid, I didn't like Bobby Clark, but you had to respect him because he was such a great player and he played dirty. But if you can have honor among thieves, among criminals, Bobby Clark did. <laughs> I think Claude Giroux is just the putz. We're talking to Joe Bartnick, Pittsburgh Zone, here on the Mark Madden Show. Philly was a little dirty last night. Do you expect them to ramp that up in Game 2? Or do you think that would detract from their focus, which they clearly need to get back? I don't know if they have a focus. And I think they did. I think they tried to be dirtier than they were. I think Gudis was running at people. But, you know, Gino hit him a couple times. Uh, Zach Asteris hit him a couple times. Well, Alexiak threw that big hit, too. And, and that cut down the shenanigans right then and there. Well, I, if you noticed, I Wayne Simmons was missing that whole game except for that 
weak, straight right hand. It was like, I want to pretend like I'm going to fight you, Alexiak, but I really don't want to. He looked like Sonny Liston at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. That said... You see, I don't like the I don't like their line combinations. If if I won Philly Talk Radio, I'd have a field day with that. Because Simmons is on their third line with Konetsky playing an off wing, and I don't think that's good use of Wayne Simmons, especially against Pittsburgh, a team he traditionally has succeeded against. Uh, Matt Murray got his third straight shutout in the playoffs, games uh, five and six last year against Nashville. Now game one against Philly. But doesn't it seem like Murray somehow gets underestimated or taken for granted? I think he does maybe in the national media. I, and I think, you know, I think finally the flurry lovers, and I was obviously a flurry lover. I, think, I was and still am, but, yeah. but but thank God for this kid. Oh, absolutely. So I think everyone's come on board. There was Murray chance last night. I mean, Muzz, three straight playoff shutouts. How can you not love Muzz? And I really, we were talking off air, he really controlled the game. Any puck near him, he moved right to the perfect player. You know, he really controlled the game last night. And he made the big save when he had to, which is all you need. Yeah, no question. He's a big game, big save goalie. But it turns down chant in his name, Joe. Flurry rhymes with Murray. Rides with Jari, for that matter. <laughs> if you're a goalie and your name's easy to chant, you really don't have to necessarily play well. The crowd will, will get behind you. Uh, does anything worry you about the Penguins? Not in this series specifically, but is there a weakness on the club per se? I, You know, I think we could maybe use another defenseman. Not that these six aren't playing very well, but, you know, in a long four or seven-game series, we're going to need some cannon fodder. Well, last year they needed eight, and this year they have seven. Y- yes, so, so that you know what's weird though, you never know how that'll work out. Because when we got Ron Hainsey last year, I figured he'd be rotten. I hadn't been impressed with him the last couple of years of his career. He came to Pittsburgh and turned into Doug Harvey, <laughs> and now he's in Toronto and he's still Doug Harvey. He's number. He's a number one pair guy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, he came through in the cottage, and maybe if somebody like a Matt Hunwick gets pressed into duty, maybe he will also come through when it counts. And I think he's gotten a bit of a bad rap anyway. I don't think he's been great, but when he's been in the lineup, I don't think he's been as bad as some have said. And I think Ruedel's been fine, especially, I mean, six blocks last night. Ruedel played great last night. I, yeah, Matt Hunwick was in a few of those games when the Penguins as a team didn't show up. So he kind of got in, you know, like uh, he was a minus three or four when the whole team didn't play that good. So, but he has to not let the puck Get behind, you know, he has to just get the puck out. It yeah, is to, to simplify. Yes. No, I agree. And, but you know, we're here, you know, where I think that, that the Penguins have made it tougher on him than perhaps, well, I can't say they should have because, I mean, whatever works is whatever works. And you can't, you can't just think about one guy's comfort at the expense of the group. But Hunwick, one minute's on the right side, then he's on the left side, then he's paired with this guy, then he's paired with another guy. And some D aren't like that. Some D need to just play with a guy and play on the side, and that's it. And know who's like that? Chris Letang. <laughs> okay, Tanger always plays the right side, obviously, except when he doubles on the left. But but he likes to stick with a partner for a long time. And uh, remember when they took Dumoulin off his pair for a bit? Yes. Uh, I, w- I won't say Tanger was mad, but he was a bit like, you know, what up? You know, you know some D need a comfort level. In terms of familiarity with partner inside, I think maybe Hunwick is and what is one of those. Well, you know, switching lines always seems to like juggling lines seems to uh, pick up some people and kind of get people's mojos going. Never seems with D pairs that is the case. Not, always... not as much. Not yeah. as much. Um, 
What's the best series going to be, Joe, in the first round? Uh, I love the first round of the playoffs. It's my favorite time because you can watch games for six, seven hours every single night for the uh, length of the first round. And I can't wait for Washington to Columbus, which starts tonight. Yeah, that's a that's a big boy battle. You know, a, a basically a battle of franchises, coaches. I mean, if Tortorella, you know, loses, who knows what's going to happen to him? And I, I think he's safe because it doesn't seem like his team blew up, which it's about due to happen with Torts. But, but Barry Trotz is in the last year. If he loses, he's done. And in Holtby. Fact, in, fact, in fact, if he doesn't get through two rounds, I think Trotz might be done. He's not signed, so they could easily get rid of him. And if Holtby's not going to play, and, and if Grubires becomes the man, almost Murray Flower-esque, maybe Holtby's gone. Uh, the series I want to see is Boston-Toronto, because I think whoever wins that series, especially with Tampa you know, not on the top of their game, I think they have a real chance to represent the A real the East. good chance. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think of Washington that loses to Columbus to get back to that series for a second. I think there'll be major upheaval with the Caps. Not just Trotz gone, but maybe Holt be gone. Yes, that's what you I was know, saying. They'll, they'll never get rid of Ovi because Ovi's their guy. And they shouldn't. Because let, let me tell you, I always tell people go back and look at Ovi's playoff stats. Ovi is not the guy who's let them down in the postseason, everybody else has let him down. Absolutely. I never thought it's been his fault. I think it's either been goaltending or even the GM not putting a roster together that could use. Up to his ability or his center not getting it done. You know, Knetsoff didn't show up for a while. And Backstrom seemed to disappear half the time. Well, Backstrom's a tough case, too, because when he doesn't play with Ovi, he doesn't produce nearly as much. And I, I guess that could be said of any center, but 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 the drop is noticeable in the <laughs> yes. case of Backstrom. Um, okay, give us your predictions. Who's the best team in the East? Let's You can't pick Pittsburgh. <laughs> Who's the best team in the East? Who Who has the best bet to beat Pittsburgh? And who's the best team out west? I've been afraid of the Bruins all year. Uh, I even in preseason, I was like, oh, these Bruins, these young guys, uh, step up. They had a little taste last year. I love McAvoy and Chara that pairing. And, I do too. And then you know, I know you're hard on Nash sometimes, but Nash and Krejci, that's a good second line for Boston. And their yeah. their first line is maybe the best first line in hockey. Oh yeah, Burge, Marchand, and uh... Uh, the Pasta Man. Oh, that's right, uh, Pasternak. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I still don't rate him. I, I think he's kind of a, I don't want to say a passenger, but I think he's the beneficiary of playing with those two guys. Oh, absolutely. He's not driving the bus, but he's, you know, he's he's scoring the goals. Right. He's got the hands to uh, make it all work. And I would very badly like to see someone hurt Marshawn very badly. How do you figure Vegas won the division as an expansion team and won their first playoff game last night? It's a great story that keeps getting better. I picked the Kings in six, so obviously I'm I'm a little off right now. Uh, Flowers doing amazing. You know, Gerard Gallant is just such a great coach. Yeah, Jerry's a great coach, you're right. <laughs> I mean, he's just such a great coach. And, you know, now, now they're up one nothing. They have a complete home ice advantage. I don't like them to get past the I didn't like them to get past the Kings. I don't like them to get past the Ducks. I, I just think you start getting to the deep end of the pool where other teams are just have more experience and better. But I you know, what can you say? They keep winning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, before the season, I said to a buddy of mine who who's a scout for an NHL team I've known for a long time, I looked at Vegas's roster and said, I don't see them doing much. He goes, no, Gallant's a good coach. He goes, be careful what you predict because I, I think they're a borderline playoff team, and he turned out to be so much more. Finally, Joe, uh, after winning two straight cups, uh, the Penguins could have missed the playoffs this year, and I wouldn't have been too bothered. I, I mean that seriously. As a lifelong fan who's seen them win five times. But to me this year, if they make the conference final at least, get through two rounds, that's another real good year. What is your minimum level of expectation? Uh, three more wins. <laughs> you know what? Consider who they're playing. 
I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Joe, tell us about the podcast. When How often do you update? I've been on a few times. It, it's great hockey talk. Oh, thanks. Uh, it comes out usually every Thursday. It comes out, we, we uh, tape it on Wednesdays, and we have uh, me and my partner, Frazier Smith, who's a radio legend out in L.A. He's been doing it 40 years. We talk hockey, and when I'm on the road, it's just me and him, but when I'm in... Back in L.A., we have guests from all the, all walks of life as far as we have comics. And then we have uh, ex-NHL players. We have, uh, you know, famous radio personalities. We have uh, all kinds of people, uh, writers. Just We talk hockey. Well, anybody who talks hockey is a friend of mine. Joe, great stuff. I'm Mark Madden. Next hour, we got Josh Yoey. And we're giving away some tickets to tomorrow night's game as well. So keep it right here on 105.9.